the MDL Marina's South Coast and Green Tech Boat Show, guided by Ray Marine. Hello and welcome to This Marina Life with me, Kerry Herford-Jones at MDL Marinas. Today's episode is all about the MDL South Coast and Green Tech Boat Shows, taking place from the 21st to the 23rd of April this year. This event brings together both power and sail brands, along with new, innovative, eco-friendly products, all at the same great venue. With over 70 new boats to explore, this is an ideal opportunity for serious buyers who want to experience a high-quality range of boats in stunning surroundings. Now in its third year of existence, the Green Tech Boat Show will also be held at MDL's Ocean Village Marina, where it plays centre stage as part of the South Coast Boat Show. It's the part of the show that boat owners will want to visit in order to see how the revolution that's taking place in their work and home environments are reflected in their leisure time. It is an MDL Boat Show special and joining me today is Josh Masters. Josh, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Thank you, Kerry. Pleasure to be here. Josh, tell us, first of all, a little bit about Josh Masters. Who are you? What's your background? And how did you end up doing what you're now doing? So I am a sailor and um, anything boats and water, basically. That's my passion. I've sailed all my life on the east coast of England. Traditional rig sailing boats, dinghies, a small bit of power boating, but tend to stick to the sails. I left school and studied as a marine engineer. And diesel engineering was the sort of route I took, and that served me well. And I was doing a particularly horrible job one day, which involved removing a large diesel engine from an old fishing boat. Uh, and then it was going off for reconditioning and then going to be refitted. And I was, it was a particularly grim, tight space, no headroom, on your hands and knees, upside down, the usual sort of boat work. And I questioned how many more of these sort of jobs do I want to be doing? And I thought, well, not really that many. And then I thought, well, I wonder how many more will actually happen because the changing environment was is shifting towards electric. And you know, how many more big diesels would I get put my way? So that sort of led me on a path to start looking at what options there were other than diesel, which is quite an interesting and testing path at times. And it was a sort of a process over about a year where I had lots of emails back and forwards, lots of phone calls, lots of no's, lots of speak to this person, speak to that person. And I ended up with an email address for a gentleman up in the northeast. And we're now in, in business together and developing propulsion. So much like, I suppose, the, the diesel engine superseded the steam back in the day, my thought process was what was going to do that to diesel? Because ultimately I was standing at the sort of beginning of my career and working life not wanting to train and put all my effort into a dying industry which was yeah the realization i suppose you could say that that day on the fishing boat with with my face covered in grease <laughs> you romanticized it beautifully and i loved on your nautical cv you talk about the discovery the disaster and the delight along with the endless learning that led you to where you are today i think we can all relate to that in some way shape or form josh i think the marine industry is fascinating well i find it fascinating because at times it's sort of stuck in time, really. It's sort of stone age in some aspects. And then in others, it's it's cutting edge, I suppose, with the latest technology of, you know, sail GP and all that sort of thing. So, it, yeah, it's it, it really does have something for everyone, I think. 
And I think, you know, we've talked to a lot of, of guests about small incremental steps because it's a bit like an oil tanker, isn't it, the marine industry? It takes a lot of shifting to get into a different direction because I think we're all wedded to, we all become embedded in a particular way of sailing, a particular way of, of putting an engine in a boat. It just is, it's almost tradition. So this is going to take time. This isn't going to be a quick fix, is it? No. So the question of, yeah, where is the marine industry going is a is a fascinating one. And you're right, it, it people do tend to get stuck in their way of this is how I've always done it. This is how I must continue to do it. But the harsh reality of that is if we want to make the changes that are required, we need to make the changes, uh, then we're going to have to stop what we've been doing for all those years and adopt a new a new way of doing things. And that's hard. That's really hard, especially for people that have been doing it for 50, 60 years and are still doing it that way. For the younger generation, I think it's it's easier to to adopt new ideas and i think it's quite a, a fast pace world out there for for a youngster that um that allows them to adapt and move to the latest trend or or, or what's what sort of scratching the itch as it were but i think yeah the marine industry needs to have some really kind of clever forward thinking ideas because it's about understanding what the user needs to do uh to make the difference because if they don't understand what they're doing then how can they change it's giving also a glimpse as to what the future can look like and that there are some practical alternatives and your your business lightning craft i love the fact that you're actually now giving examples of some of the boats you've actually fitted e-propulsion to and you're able to demonstrate really aren't you the difference in the way that it can actually be a practical alternative to the big old diesel Exactly. And uh, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's hours and hours and hours of conversation on this, but that, you're exactly right. So one of our real core goals is to, is to make electric propulsion available to, to anyone that needs it. But you've got to bear in mind as well that electric isn't for everyone. And that's, a, that's an interesting thing to say, I suppose, when we're all running really fast towards this net zero goals and cutting carbon and carbon being the, the sort of bad word. It, electric isn't for everyone you know you look at look at commercial projects it, it's just simply not there yet i think that's okay to know that and and uh and people always say you're crazy saying that given what we do as a business you know we're trying to sell electric propulsion and, and design systems for people but i think you've got to understand that to be able to spec your own usage and requirements sensibly because if you the worst thing that can happen would be to say to someone right you want to go electric they go electric and it's just not for them and it doesn't work i i feel like that would be steps taken backwards instead of forwards you need people to understand what the system can do how it can change their boating but also what's its limitations and how do they need to adjust their boating to suit the new system the nub of the question i think for this podcast today is how can current and future boat owners make their they're boating more environmentally friendly. I avoided the word green there, Josh. You notice? Yeah, good, good move. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's quite a used word now, isn't it? Um, and I wonder at what point will it become then become thrown out completely? I think, the, yeah, to to steer on topic of of the podcast, yeah, I think what can people do is probably just to start with to educate themselves on on their own existence in the industry in the in the zone of 
of sailing, of boating in general, and then start to understand what their options are from from products ultimately from businesses like us. So I feel like it's a, it, it's a, it's about providing solutions for people so that they can continue what they're doing, but in a less impactful well, way. And that's and that's to say where we come in. And one of our real goals is to try and keep it cost effective because nothing quite talks as loud as that. And I think it's a big ask for people to, to if you suddenly were to turn around and say, well, you can't do this because it's uh, because it's damaging. You, you can't. I don't believe you can take that away from people. I think you've only got to be able to lead them forward in a in a direction that's achievable. And a, a cost point is a big factor, I think, with that, when it comes to that. That often is the deciding factor because we can talk about batteries, we can talk about the alternatives in terms of the propulsion. And battery technology is coming along leaps and bounds. But in many ways, and in many ways, that's going to be quite a deciding factor, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I mean, again... I'd like to think it's not going to be the deciding factor because I'm, well, I tend to think of it differently. But yes, it, you're right, it is. However, I would I would like to to sort of remind people of the the other C word that's not carbon, I suppose you could say, COVID. We're sort of leaving that in the dust now, which is quite nice. But if we cast our minds back, you know, people were forced to stay inside and not go and do the things they've always done and work from home. And what we saw in that is a huge surge in... Um, and people going outside and discovering outdoor spaces, nature again, actually that I can walk there instead of drive. And that's a, a sort of forced hand in in helping the customer or in, yeah, in our case, the customer or the marine user to see that that there's other ways of doing things. And I and so, yes, your point of batteries are the limiting factor. I think actually it's it's people's minds are the limiting factor. They need to see. And, and as I said, so COVID forced that upon people. They forced them to look at alternative things to do and places to go because they couldn't jump in the car and drive over there. And they discovered things on their doorstep that they never knew were there. So I think if there's a way in which people can slowly begin to lift their head up and see what's around them and, and other ways of doing things, other than, say, putting an engine on and, and motoring back, perhaps it was, well, actually, we didn't get that far because there was no wind in the first place. So you haven't got as far to come home after the weekend of sailing. And and it's a pace of life as well. I think people have got to got to appreciate that convenience is costly. Uh, and if you want things done now, then it costs. And it's the same as if you want to get there now by putting the engine on, it costs. So as I said, I'm a, I'm a sailor, and I believe that actually, if you it, one of the extreme ends, but if you just sail without an engine, you don't have the option to put the engine on and go places. So you really think about where you can go and what you can do. So I know that's an extreme, potentially extreme approach to it. But I think if people were to understand that, then I think they could they could perhaps accept that, yes, your battery is not going to take you as far as your tank of diesel. But actually, it's still going to allow you to do 90%, 95% of what you want to do anyway. Um, so that then unlocks the door to a lower emissions and alternative approach to... Um, to the to sailing and updating i suppose you could say updating the industry it's interesting there's a couple of points there one is of course you know we're almost going back in time to go forward you know back to when boats didn't have engines and it was all under under sail and the other thing is interesting is when we're talking here about the practical alternatives that it's actually real 
what your business is offering and what other businesses like yours are offering, it seems to me, are are starting to become apparent, are, are genuinely real alternatives. So that, you know, take our boat, you're talking to us today on our 35-foot sailing boat with a usual lump in the back. That lump can come out, you can get in there a decent core propulsion unit and the batteries all in the same space, can't you? Exactly, yeah. I mean, as... I don't know if I mentioned it, but that's, that's basically what we do. We solve we solve the problem that is how do you update the existing equipment, the existing technology. So one of the things we've done and, and are working all the time on is how can you make it as easy as possible to remove an old propulsion unit and fit a new one. So that's down to widths of mounts being the same, overall dimensions being smaller, so they're not limited by, you know, if your engine fitted in there, then you, the electric motor will. Um and, and little features like that so yeah it's it's about yeah solving the problem so that it is it is available and it exists and the other the other thing we try and pride ourselves on is so we're a uk-based company and we design and, and manufacture what we can here and we're here so if there's a problem and you phone up you'll speak to myself or a colleague and and we'll sort it out so i think there's there's a lot to be said by by customer service and because it, it helps break through the the fear factor of new technology which is which always takes long long time to to kind of break down and i think given the the rapid pace of change and the rapid pace of that that you know governing bodies in this country the rap, the rapid pace of change that they want they're asking a lot of an industry to change in, in terms of time frames uh, and the you know, the environment asks it as well to 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 get to get onto that topic. You know, it's it's the change is needed now, and unless we do something about it, no one no one will change because there's no option out there for them to change. So Green Tech and South Coast Boat Shows come together this year. Ocean Village is the, the venue. You're going to be there. You're going to be having a stand. What can people expect to see on your stand, and how much is it of a challenge was it getting your stand organised for this one? Yeah, so we've got a little marquee in the, I think it's propulsion row or or something like that. It's called. So it's just a row of tents with a with a load of people like us, which is a great thing, I think, to see to see everyone in the same place. For from a customer's perspective, they can really shop around, and they're not um, sort of cornered into one option. Which you know, we, we might not be for some, we might be for others. That's a great thing, but ultimately. If they're going to change, then they can look at look at the ways they can do that. We're going to have some propulsion units on the stand so that people can come and see in the flesh what what it looks like, and uh, and us as well. We're going to be there talking, and I think that it sounds pretty obvious, but actually we're we're quite experienced in what we've done and what we're doing and what we know. So any questions people have, they can come far away and hopefully take that away with them. The, the meaningful conversations, the the projects discussed. And that's yeah, that's a goal. We've got some some little initiatives. We've done a boat show already this year, which was uh, which was a good show. And what we tried to do at that show was to minimise our impact as a business. And we're trying to do that all throughout this year. Always a challenge, Josh. Always a challenge. Incredibly so. It it fell completely on deaf ears, and it highlights to us that the marine industry really isn't ready. I think, I think yeah. We could have done it completely differently and people would have probably paid slightly more attention to us because we would have had a, a slightly shinier looking stand um, instead of a, a repurposed yacht mainsail as a wall covering with our logo on it. Yeah, which which is not as easy to do as you might think, but it's a upcycling materials. But as I said, it was it was almost pointless doing it. It was an interesting exercise, but 
entirely. However, I think green tech should be a bit different in that it's, it's sort of the cutting edge of the topic. And hopefully the, 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 the audience there will be you know, turning up because they are they're at the, the cutting edge at the, you know, at the customer's level as well. Yeah, so we've got a few ideas of, of how we might try and yeah, reduce our impact further to do with the shows. But it's difficult. It really is difficult. And the, the tricky line you, you tread as a young business is to, you know, is it worthwhile? Can we, can we make it happen and still exist? So it is, it is tricky. I mean, in a perfect world, you'd sail there, wouldn't you? Well, yes, that's, uh, that's it. That's the plan. But trying to organise it is another thing. As I said, it would be far easier for us to, to just ch- chuck everything in the van and, and drive down. But we are looking at, um, at sailing down because we're coastal, coastal based up on the east coast of England. And obviously, it's in a marina, so it's ideal. But yeah, it, it's always tricky making things happen. And, and is it worth it? And yeah, but then all things you know worthwhile doing are often pretty difficult and hard and laborious. So in many ways you're representing your clients or your future clients is that you're having challenges they're having challenges but it's working things through together and i think that's the impression i'm getting from you today josh is that you're very much a collaborative business you're not just offering a service or, or a solution yeah that's right it's worth mentioning actually Kerry, is that we have a standard range of products but we also i'd say probably probably one in three jobs are customized to the extent where we we either redesign, take a base product and, and redesign it to suit application or, or completely go back to the drawing board and, and rework stuff. And again, that's it's back to your finding solutions for, for ways of doing things. It's not just a set menu of, of options and saying yes and no. It's saying yes to pretty much everything and, and working the rest out and how you can do it. So we're going to see you at the show. Looking forward to that greatly. And I presume you're looking forward to it greatly as well. I am, yeah. It's a few things to do between now and then. It's, it's non-stop all the time, but that's part of the fun of it. And uh, yeah, I hope to be... Uh, I hope to be, uh, yeah, landing and setting the stage up with, with the goods that will have sailed down. But that's, that's to, be, to be confirmed. Yeah, and if it happens, great. If it doesn't, it's great because we tried as well. That's, that's the other approach to things. Exactly right. If you don't try, you don't know. Better to have tried and failed than never to have tried at all. Exactly. It's a really interesting topic, and it's good to talk things through with yourself. And I hope we shed a bit of light on the topic and different areas of the topic because it's huge. It is massive. Yeah. And I don't think you can you can really cover it all. Well, you could talk for days continuously and not cover it all because there's a million ways to do different things. There's a million different issues. There's, you know, there's great solutions out there that people don't know about. It's connecting A and B. It's colossal. And that's part of the challenge we find as well is trying to keep your head above it all because it is easy to get lost in it and then and spend weeks you know, swimming in the wrong direction. Um, so it, yeah, it's, it's challenging, but we're getting there. Well, you've made a, an excellent start, I would say, and we're really looking forward to seeing you at the show. And I hope it goes really, really well for you. Great, thanks, Kerry. And uh, yeah, l- look forward to meeting you. Likewise, Josh Masters, thank you for joining us for this week's MDL podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs>